Hey, I'm Nate Flax. I'm Noah Longworth McGuire. And this is Talking Lion. Talking Lion is a podcast focused on artist-to-artist conversation. We're primarily artists, a duo called Sleeping Lion, but we've been lucky enough to write, produce, and hang out with so many incredible rising artists since we started our project. Whether it's at sessions or parties or over cups of coffee, we've talked with our creative friends about everything. Music, life, love, and all the subtle complexities that come with being in the middle of a journey. Talking Lion is about hitting record in these conversations and sharing them with you. There's no real structure, nothing really prepared, just friends talking about life and what what it's been like and where it's going. We recorded our second episode with our friend Fangs, who we met in Nashville while moving to Los Angeles in the summer of 2017. We connected with Fangs through our mutual friend Chris Klein, who set up a writing session between the three of us. We wound up co-writing and producing his song Good Now, which was the single off his EP titled Happy Season. We also opened for Fangs once at the Hi-Hat in LA in the fall of 2018. Some context for this interview. Fangs was in LA as part of a tour supporting Nightly, and he's currently, as of recording this, still on tour. A few hours after we taped this podcast, he opened for Nightly at a sold-out show at the Moroccan Lounge. While he was in LA, we all wrote a new song with him about his newborn son, Sonny. In our interview, we all often mention Reggie, who is an awesome artist that goes by Arlamar, and Chris Klein, an A&R in Atlantic. Fangs is a great friend, a deliberate artist, an energetic performer, and has some of the most dedicated fans we've ever seen. So, without further ado, I'm Fangs, and you're listening to Talking Lion. Welcome back to Talking Lion. We are here with Fangs today. We're eating fried chicken and having ourselves some root beer with whiskey, so very Southern style. How are you, Jake? Awesome. This <laughs> well, rules. Welcome to the show. This is the second one. What brings you to, uh, so, so you're, you're a Texan now, and, and, and you, were, you were born in Texas? I was born in Texas, yeah. uh, moved to Nashville for a bit, uh, kind of got everything off the ground and moving, and then moved back to Texas. So it brings you to the, the sunny uh, coast of, uh, of the country. Uh, I'm on tour right now. It's like a 30-day tour, but uh, we're only still in the first third of it. Hmm. Uh, we're doing a sold-out show tomorrow at the Moroccan Lounge, which should be cool. Yeah. Or no, that's tonight. That's tonight. <laughs> that's tonight. <laughs> Woof. Yeah. Well, you know, you, you know you're in Los Angeles because just the days blur. Yes. And everything is just, you know, yeah. yesterday's today, tomorrow is It's yesterday. only been three days that we've been here, <laughs> and I feel like I've been here for like... A week, like a month. <laughs> yeah. Like, we, we've seen we've seen you almost every day, every single day. Then. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's awesome. We were writing, writing mm-hmm. a, a new a new new track. But before we get to the new new, we should go uh, go back. Yeah. So you grew up in Texas. Yes. Um, were you doing music while you were while you were growing up? Um, my main thing was soccer. I played huh. soccer. I started playing soccer when I was four years old, and uh, that's only because like that's the age limit you're allowed to play. But I've been like. <laughs> kicking a soccer ball my entire life. Do you still play? Yeah, so I actually, um, I mean, without going like into the future again, I like, well, I just had a baby. Well, my wife had a baby. And uh, (laughs) You watched uh, watched the baby. I just just hung out. Got good seats. (laughs) (laughs) But um, yeah, while I was in Texas, when we first moved back uh, during the like downtime of not touring or anything, I got asked to coach a high school girls soccer team. And I've like just finished that season and literally went on tour the next day on this tour. Oh wow! So uh, yeah, soccer's like a huge part of my life, man. I was that something you wanted to do? Yeah, like, when you were younger. Yeah, I like played in college and like it was a very big deal. I like played on one of the best teams in the state of Texas and like. What was your? I, not that I would necessarily be like, oh, I know what that is. Yeah. But, like, what was your like position? Like, position. Yeah. I was a forward, so like a goal scorer. Gotcha. 
Yeah. So you were and, like going in for the kill. Yeah. So yeah. like I still like I was number ten my whole life. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I still I have a Fangs. It's like a one of the mesh basketball jersey oh, kind yeah, of thing. Nice. I have that as like merch, and it says Fangs and number ten on it, just That's kind awesome. of as like a homage, I guess. Next uh, merch, actual soccer balls. Yeah, man. Yeah, <laughs> that'd be awesome. <laughs> you heard you heard it here first. But yeah, soccer um, is a huge deal. So I did that, and then it wasn't really until like high school that I got. Uh, Started having to like deal with feelings. <laughs> uh, I, I I don't think anybody really quite deals with feelings until you hit, hit yeah. high school. Maybe like was, late maybe middle school. Maybe it was school. like yeah, it was like seventh yeah. eighth grade really that it like started happening. I got really into like uh, All American Rejects and like mm-hmm. Starting Line, those bands. The, the first crushes <clears throat> and the angst and everything oh, yeah. starts like seeping in. Just yeah, slowly. man. Uh, we were talking the other day in the studio about uh, the Goofy movie. Yeah, it's yeah. my favorite movie. So was that like because you you were. I, we were all sort of joking around a little bit, but like, was that really as that's like, real? Inspiring that's like, and like that is the ultimate. Like when I was a kid, um, I'm definitely like a product of like young parents. My parents were very young when they had me. Uh, they were in high school. Oh wow! And I grew up with like teenage parents that were around in the early '90s. You know, so like the boom of MTV. Right. Uh, so like while my friends were all watching. I don't know, like Barney or Sesame Street, I was watching like MTV Spring Break with my mom, Hmm. like as a toddler. But I was very much like, if it was culturally cool in the 90s, like I was around it, especially as a kid. Uh, So like all Disney movies were like a huge deal. We had all of them and we didn't have like much, but we definitely had the Disney movies. And Goofy Movie for some reason was the one that like resonated with me because it was cool because Max, who was Goofy's son, he like skateboarded mm-hmm. and like he didn't really fit in in school, but he was cool. Like I always, I don't know if you guys have ever had this, but I always, always had like a backup name. Like, like my parents named me Jake, but I was always like, man, if, if I got to ever name myself, what would I name myself? Right. And it was always Max. Really? Uh, always Max. I, I think mine was Thomas. Like I always like assumed that like there was like a level of like <clears throat> intellectualism yeah, to name Thomas. Totally. If I was like, I ever had a pen name. It would yeah, be, like, Thomas. Thomas Irving. Or mine, mine was Finn. Finn. That's why my parents wouldn't Finn. name Those me otherwise. Those both like fit you guys. <laughs> well, so uh, your parents, because you're saying that they were younger, were they listening then to like the pop music of the time? Like were they yeah. hip? So as that's far what as was a- cool is like it doesn't sound like a Texas upbringing really, uh, like what you would assume. But like my dad was very into like he has like every Kiss record on vinyl, <laughs> uh, and like loved Guns N' Roses. Um, so there's like that side of stuff, but then my mom, she loved like Whitney Houston, Michael Jackson, Janet, oh, wow. uh, TLC, mm-hmm. uh, Mariah. Like yeah. those were that that was the constant in the house, and I spent a lot of time with my mom as like a young young child, and so like when I decided to start Fang specifically, my I wanted to kind of like reach to my earliest memory of music, and that's what it was, and that's the inspiration of what Fangs is. I remember being so surprised mom. when we were in like the the studio for the first time. And yeah, you're, you're, we were like, "Oh, so what's inspiring you? Like, what's what's the reference?" And I'm I'm like assuming that we're gonna pull up like New Music Friday or something like yeah. that. And like you immediately go to Janet Jackson. I'm yeah, like, dude. Janet. Oh wow. Janet cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, so so high school happens. You start having feelings. Uh, yeah. Which are crazy and terrible. Plenty of them. Um, <laughs> so what what got you first into music? Like, was there anybody in your family that? No. Uh, well, so my. My dad's mom, my grandmother, she remarried 
And the guy at the time, they weren't married yet, uh, but they were just like living together for a long time. He's basically my, like I call him my grandfather. I've known, I've met the other guy maybe twice. Hmm. Um, and so he is like my grandfather, but he is from California and he played music forever. And they had this like, it was a double wide trailer, like next to the lake in Texas, in Tyler, Texas, that when you would walk into this thing, like, I don't know if you've ever been into a double wide trailer, but like the walls are so thin, like they're <laughs> tiny. It's like, just like a piece of sheetrock. And, uh, <laughs> but when you walk in to the right, there was this room and it was just his music room and it had all of this just stuff in it, saxophones, like drum kits, random like, um, Wurlitzer organ stuff, like just guitars and like all these cool old vintage, uh, like super reverbs and silver tones and stuff like that. And I would just go in there and just make noise. I didn't know what I was actually doing, but it was just loud and it was fun. <laughs> and so they always let me do it, which is crazy to me because it would be like Thanksgiving family, <laughs> and like, and the entire family is in this double wide because they also had a pool in the back above ground, of course. <laughs> But so we would always just like have these events there and like out on the back patio. But the other side of this wall of the music room was the living room where everything happened, where people hung out. And I'm in there just making the most noise. <laughs> and no one ever, ever in my childhood told me to stop. And that's just kind of, I think, where it may have sparked. But like, just having fun with it. Nobody ever like taught me how to do anything. They just, everyone just kind of like stood back and let me do what I wanted. What was cool. the first instrument you sort of took a shine to? Um, I wanted to play guitar, but in middle school, my parents, because we were, we didn't have much money, they made me be in middle school band hmm. because we couldn't afford to like put me in lessons for anything. And so they were like, hey, here's a new house rule. I was the first of four kids too. So every oh, wow. like new rule got tried out on me. <laughs> uh, but it was like new house rule, like. In middle school, you have to do three years of band, whether you like it or not. Wow. <clears throat> and it was either band or orchestra. I picked the band, and I wanted to play drums so bad in the band. <laughs> and you have to go and, like, try out. And they, like, base your, like, no knowledge on anything and say, like, oh, you're definitely in this section. And I became a saxophone player. Oh, my God. <laughs> and uh, I was really pissed that I had to play the saxophone, and I, I didn't try at all. Um but I didn't, I still to this day, like I can't read music. Mm -hmm. And through all three years, we would do these like, uh, these like tests. Like you would get a piece of music and you'd have to memorize it and play it. And I wouldn't memorize it. I would wait until the day of and I would be the last one to go. You see, and I would, everybody. I would just hear everyone do it and then figure it out uh. and then would do it. And I would do it well enough to pass. <laughs> uh, and then the band director got mad at me and was saying that I wasn't pushing myself. So he made me a, um, the tenor sax player so that I had to be first chair because I was oh. the only person. <laughs> Damn. So I like had to care a little bit more. And then as soon as uh, middle school was over, my parents were like, so do you want to do like high school band? And I was like, <laughs> hell no. And so I quit immediately and then just got super into guitar and started playing guitar. With all the valuable skills you learned from the tenor, yeah, tenor yeah, sax. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So your other siblings also had to do band. Did they wind up doing Yeah, so here's what's crazy. My stuff? Going down the line, the <laughs> next sister was, she played flute uh, and nothing like really came of it. Everyone just kind of like did it to like, because they had parents. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> and then I think the next sister did like violin. And then the next sister 
she was the fourth one. She just didn't have to do it. <laughs> and it made me so mad. Because you're like, I had to do this, yeah, you like, had to do this. I yeah. had to play saxophone and like wear dumb khaki pants at these <laughs> things. Like, I don't know. Our, like my first ever band, which by the way, it's not fair that like the school band calls it band. Because if you're like yeah, an yeah. impressionable like seventh grader, you're not aware that that's like a lame thing. <laughs> like, yeah, you want to be in a band. Like it sounds you're, cool. you're thinking that's like the school's band. <laughs> yeah. And then you like walk in and there's like the drum kit and you're like, I'm doing this. And then then it's like, well, you're gonna play. Yeah. You're on bass clarinet. The, the thing is that our our school more or less was like you can have you can do whatever you say you want to do as long as you like put in the work for it. So everybody picked the drums. Yeah. So by the time we actually got to the school concert, five of us just stood in the back without <laughs> yeah. anything. There was a, I think the parents had like an outrage and yeah. they stopped it. But pretty much there was like three snares, two kits, and then fifteen drummers. So we just sort of stood there, like I think like clapping our hands <laughs> yeah, on like the two tapping and the four. your toe. Yeah. <laughs> but so at what point were you like, okay, cool? So playing this guitar. I'm gonna do this for the rest of my life, uh, and 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 what like what, what where was the sort of switch from like did you end up going to college? Yeah, so I went to college for like um, a minute. Where'd you go? Uh, Oklahoma Baptist University. Whoa. <clears throat> yeah, man. I went there because it's an NAIA school, which means for sports it's open recruiting. Oh. So you're able to um, there are restrictions on other like Division One through three and stuff. So in NAIA you can recruit from anywhere. So when you're in an NAIA school and you're playing soccer, you basically, it's almost like playing an international game every time because your team is probably all recruited from one area in the world. So my team was all Brazilian. I was the only white American on the team. (laughs) And then like we would play this other team that they were all Irish. And then like another team that was like, only Spain, like wow. so, it was crazy, and it was like so competitive and so fun. It's like FIFA, but like I'm yeah, <laughs> yeah. So it was crazy, uh, and it was also just really crazy being the one white guy. Like, <laughs> I learned a lot of Portuguese, a lot of just bad <laughs> things in Portuguese and stuff too. <laughs> did they did they show you like music that they were interested yeah. in? That's all I have. Yeah, yeah. Uh, some guy named Zeze. I still haven't listened <laughs> to him, but they just saw that my pants were tighter, and they were like, "Oh, Zeze, Zeze!" <laughs> like that's all they knew was that this guy also had tighter pants. <laughs> but they keep up with me still. They're like randomly as things happen, like some of the guys were like send me this super broken English like uh, Facebook message. But yeah, I was in like college. Reunion for uh, yeah. <laughs> so I was in college though. I mean, I had I had like a really bad high school band. Uh, what was it called? The reserves. Okay. I mean, that's not as bad as it well, could have been. And that was that was just named after like there was a billboard right outside of like where I lived for a new housing development called the Reserve, and I just needed to like we were playing the show and we needed a name like immediately. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, uh, uh, there's that. Do you remember the name of the first song you wrote? Yeah, it was horrible. <laughs> uh, it was like two like dot dot like like T O yeah, and then like the semicolon U. Oh. And I played it for this girl that I had a crush on that went to like, uh, like in East Texas, there was nothing to do um, except like go to high school football games and then go to like youth group. And it was also a dry county. <laughs> so like there's nothing to do. So I was like, had a crush on this girl. What's a dry group. county mean? Like That's no alcohol. alcohol. Oh. <clears throat> yeah, man. Well, I didn't realize so, that it still ha- like was a thing. Yeah, it's um, not anymore, but it was. Yeah. yeah. Um, Speakeasies. Yeah. <laughs> So uh, I you had a crush on this girl. I had a crush on this girl. And nothing I, to do. Yeah, I played her this song. Uh, it's just like the two of us, and we like we're at this like youth group thing, and I like, played it for her on guitar. 
And I was like shaking the whole time. I like didn't look at her. <laughs> and then she like stood up and gave me a hug and told me she just really wanted to be my friend. Uh, and then left. I hate to see and then, and then now I've been in a lifetime of writing uh, sad music. <laughs> yeah. You're just trying to get back. Yeah. Right? yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that was the first song. But I, yeah, I played like awful, you know, music for a long time. And then when I was in college, I got a call. Uh, no, I got a MySpace message Good. from uh, this guy. And he was like, hey, man, uh, I had opened for him one time on mm. tour. And we like kind of kept up with each other. It was on his tour. And he came through Tyler, and I opened for him. And there's no venues in Tyler, so it's always like church basements and stuff. <laughs> or like youth rooms. So like I was at this youth room opening for him. And he hit me up later and was like, hey, man, I just got uh, a bunch of tour offers would you be interested in going on tour with me, like, in my band? And I was like, dude, yeah. Like, that sounds way cooler than being in school. <laughs> and so that summer, after my first year of college, um, I went on Warp Tour with, oh, yeah. with this band called The Secret Handshake. <laughs> and it was, like, electronic MySpace, like, pop music. And, uh, and it was awesome. It was, like, the moment that I realized, like, this is way cooler than like what all my friends care about. Mm -hmm. And I feel like, um, I feel like when you're on tour, it's like a different time ratio of like growing up. <laughs> like I feel like you grow up quicker when you're on mm -hmm. tour than if you're just, especially in college. Like when you're in college and you have a card to go like swipe uh, to go get your dining plan. Right. And like, mm. And a schedule. And yeah, like, like a, a yeah, literal like schedule yeah, and like man, a, yeah, a weird like blocked off like bubble that you live in right. where like the dorms and the college and like everything is right there, especially when you're in a college town like I was where there's literally nothing else to do. And so um, as soon as I got back, I just kind of realized that I felt like I was on a different pacing as other people, hmm. not like better than them or anything, just like a different trajectory well even though you're like with with people at the tour is almost like this like exercise and self-reliance it's yeah. like how's my bladder how's my stomach yeah. how's my hygiene how's yeah. my vitamin c uh yeah and if you like and if you run out of money and you're in spokane washington you're in <laughs> spokane washington you know yeah. like there's nothing else to do like you've got to figure out your stuff mm -hmm. you know so uh so you yeah. dropped out after that so yeah i dropped out after that and um and toured with him a bit, and then I like started a uh, a rock band a little after called Cardboard Kids, mm -hmm. and those were like just like my Texas friends. I, I looked at the the, the the some photos. Oh yeah, uh, with, with, you, had the, you had the swoop and everything about. Yeah, dude. Yeah, it was real. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, that was really cool, and that kind of took me to Nashville. Mm. This guy that was sort of helping us. Being from Texas, we really there wasn't much of like a music scene there that was like doing anything past just playing at these random places still. And we were just looking for a bit more. And this guy, he was just from LA, and he's like <laughs> this friend of ours. Um, I met him on another tour, and he just kind of kept up with me. But we thought he was the closest thing to like music industry. And his job was literally he just he wrote the the like official review on iTunes for albums. Oh my God. <clears throat> and we thought like, yo, yeah, this, guy, this guy, here we go. <laughs> Who was that? Like, uh, his name is Monbeer. Monbeer. He's a great dude and he's like still around and stuff. But he, uh, yeah, we thought that he was like the dude, but he's the one who told us though. He was like, hey man, if you stay in Tyler, Texas, like 
It's not going to happen. Nothing's going to happen. Like you're just going to keep doing this thing for a while and just kind of your tires are going to spin. You need to pick like L.A., Nashville, or maybe even New York. And all of us just being like, I'm the least Southern of the three of us that were in the band. (laughs) Uh, Like our drummer has like multiple four-wheelers and like guns (laughs) and stuff, like wild Southern. And all of us were just like, there's no way we're moving to New York. And then we were like, could LA work? No, we're terrified of LA. Like Nashville's the closest, like best situation. So we... We moved to Nashville, and uh, and it was it was insane what happened. Like being there, we just I didn't know. Like for example, that like we signed like with this boutique label in Nashville. Uh, that just it was the bass player of the band Tonic oh. from like the '90s or the 2000s, <laughs> I guess. Yeah. Uh, if you could only see, <laughs> like that guy. Um, he had this label, and he he like heard about us before we even moved up quite yet. We had, had you guys of, been touring as well? Yeah, a little bit. Cool, but it was like crappy touring, yeah. and then like coffee shop touring. Yeah, mm-hmm. like dive bars, mm-hmm. and then we we were going to Nashville back and forth like a little bit, like doing some meetings and rights and stuff. And then when we moved, there was a little bit of chatter about us, and we just kind of moved at the right time. Mm-hmm. It was like still like what year was this? Oh man. Like six years ago, whatever that is. 12, 20, no, 2013? Yeah, maybe 13. It was the boom of like the Black Keys. And like. Were they Nashville? Jack White, yeah. Oh, I Both Nashville. Yeah. And then like even like Cage the Elephant, things like that, like rock bands doing things. Was Paramore there? Paramore was there. Kings of Leon was there. So like there was. There was a thing happening. There was a thing happening that was rock. And we didn't even know. We just moved and we're like, oh yeah, all these people are here. Cool. And so we like made this record with this company and we were so scared because it was like a $20,000 record. And we were just like, we're never going to make, like, we don't even know what $20,000 looks like. And um, I found out very quickly, I didn't know that you could even make money on TV. Like (laughs) a sink, like made, like I thought that whenever Death Cab was on like the OC, that that was just like, the guy who wrote the OC liked Death Cab and Death Cab heard it and was like, that's cool. Like, I thought that's what it was. I didn't know that you made money. For a while, I thought it was the opposite, like where like you had to pay the TV to, to get on it. Yeah, yeah. so I just, we like recouped all the money from the album in like less than three months. Wow. And like the album hadn't even come out yet. It was just like... Just off syncs. People had, like the sync team had the album before it came out and they had already started syncing stuff. And so we were like, whoa, this is this is cool. We're like making money and playing music. <laughs> Sick. And we hadn't even played a show at this point because I am um, very intentional, I guess, with everything. Mm-hmm. And so specifically like moving to Nashville, I wanted to be super intentional because it's a different thing than your hometown. Right. Because in your hometown, you've got the baggage of your entire life being there. Like... Even if you make this cool band, whatever you did in middle school, it's those kids there. all remember. Yeah. Right. You know, like well, it's they, like the, the ghosts sort of stack too. Yeah. It's like you know, it's like oh, that's the park where these five things happen. Yeah. And that's the cafe where these seven. Totally. Things and so moving to Nashville, I just wanted to be like Fresh start. so intentional with everything, and so we didn't play a show for six months after wow. we moved there, and the label was so funny because they were just like, you got to play shows like this is Music City, play every weekend. And we were just like, no, we're not going to do that. And they got mad at us. And they were like, we're putting money in you. Yes, you are. And uh, we waited six months. And I 
studied the city. I, I figured out like, okay, people don't go to this place because there's no bar. Right. Or like they go to this place because um, there's this cool back patio that everyone hangs out at afterwards. Or if this one girl and her three friends come, that means that 20 more people come. Huh. Or like, and they only go to these three venues. And like I literally, so you're getting the Venn diagram. Right? I literally, like, I had like the murder wall. Yeah. Like <clears throat> I have like the string, with the yeah, string, with all the yeah, strings and, and pens and stuff. I like figured out Nashville, <laughs> and our first show was a sold out show. That's awesome. And then every show after that was sold out. Like if we just, well, where was the first show? Mercy Lounge. So it was crazy. Like everything was like sold out, and there's all this hype around it, and it just kind of worked. That's awesome. Um. So the label was happy too. Yeah, I mean they were hyped, and we once we realized like, oh, we can kind of do this ourselves. We just did the one record, and that was it. We only had to do one record. And with then you them. were good so and we done. Just, yeah, and, and we recouped it before it even came out. So yeah, we just so kind of had everything. Yeah. And we all just went our ways, and we kept going. But yeah. Um, and so then how? Because I I remember that one of the first times we. Because it, it's, it's interesting, when we, when we came to Nashville, we, we were going for our, our friends who were in Sondar and out Mila, mm-hmm. and kind of like, I feel like we forced gumped our way into the sort of Nashville thing, like sort of catching everybody in the middle of their story. Yeah. Um, and, but, you know, obviously Chris Klein was how we yeah. met you. How did you meet Chris and, and Reggie, and how did you guys, because in a lot of ways you guys all sort of came up together. Yeah, we totally did. Um, so after cardboard kids i just kind of decided like i didn't like it hurt my voice to like be in a rock band mm-hmm. and like were you doing the sh- like the yelling thing were you doing the- somewhat like it was just louder than i am i'm just a quiet guy, quiet guy. <laughs> and uh goofy movie yeah <laughs> and my heart has always just been like on pop like it was cool to like kind of thrash around with a guitar but like that's just not really me dwarf tour stuff yeah. yeah um and so i just desired something different and at the time, like, one of the guys in the band was, like, kind of going through a personal thing and moved back to Texas for a minute. Mm. And so during that break, um, I decided to just, like, I called them. and was like, hey, I think I'm going to, like, try to do this solo thing. And how, I really, how long have you been in a band at that point? A few years. Oh, yeah. I don't know exactly, but a few years. A yeah. <clears throat> um, few albums. And so I, I called them and was just like, hey, I think I'm going to try this solo thing. And that was something that I really didn't want to do. Like everyone, you didn't want to do the solo. Well, everyone kept. Wanna... I wanted to do a solo thing, but I didn't want like because where we're from, like we're just like these southern boys, and I didn't want to be like the cliche like let's move to the big city and mm-hmm. do this thing, and then the singer goes solo. Right. Like, it, and it luckily it didn't end up that way or appear that way or anything. But they were all very supportive and cool with it, and everyone's doing really well like separately. But. Um, I, in between doing Cardboard Kids and Fangs, I just needed to have some kind of like job in Nashville. And um, this guy who is also like, I would say part of that, like uh, that threesome of like me, Chris and Reg is um, this dude, Kirk Ellis. And he's in New York now, but he was a, he was like the manager at this t-shirt printing place in Nashville. (laughs) And, um, and it was fun. He was like my manager, and he was also like three or four years younger than me. 
But I, at the time, was also kind of doing some stuff for this band, Reliant K. So I was in and out a little bit, but I left on this tour for like, it was like a short tour, like a week or something with them. And when I got back home, it was my first day back at this job. And I had only been working there for like a week or so. But my favorite part about it was it was just this big warehouse and it was loud. And so I got to wear headphones all day. So I just listened to music all day. Mm. And it was t-shirts basically for like sororities. Oh, wow. And so my entire job was just like after the shirts were printed, just like count them and put them in a box and ship them. So you could really focus on like so your stuff. I could just like do whatever I wanted, really. <laughs> and it was an awesome job though to have, and um, it was just a typical like Nashville side hustle. And when I got back from this tour though, Kirk was like, "Hey man, I just hired these two guys that just moved here from Florida. They're really nice." And I was just in my head, I was just like, "Oh man, that sucks. I'm gonna have to like talk to people. <laughs> like I'm gonna have to communicate." <laughs> did, did Chris and Reggie move together? Uh, yeah, it was like the same time from Florida. Did they know each other in yes, Florida? in Florida, cool. yeah. Cool, cool. So uh, I get introduced to these guys, and it was just kind of like, hey, and put my headphones back on and kept working. <laughs> and so I'm sitting there, and I decided to listen to Kanye, like the full discography, like starting at one. As one does. And, yeah. um, and that was just going to be my day at work. <laughs> and Chris Klein walks up to me. And is like close enough to my personal space that he looks at my phone, which is sitting on the table, like right where I am connected to my headphones and like taps me on the shoulder and was like, why are you listening to that song? And it was probably like workout plan or something like that. (laughs) And he was like, why are you listening to workout plan? And I was like, I'm listening to the whole album. I'm listening to all the albums actually like in order. And he was like, oh, okay, man. Cause I don't know anybody who just listens to that song. (laughs) (laughs) And, um, but uh, I feel like that gives a lot of information very quickly. Like, yeah, it's yeah. not just like somebody judging you for listening yeah. to Kanye. It's like somebody who knows Kanye well yeah, enough yeah. to be like, and is also why like concerned song? for me. Yeah. Like, uh, <laughs> but he uh, and he was like, "So you're a Kanye fan?" And I was like, "Yeah, man." And it's still trying to like, I, I don't have the headphones off. I have them just kind of opened <laughs> to be like, "Leave me alone, please." Yeah. Like my guard is still up. Right. And he was just like, "Oh, well, sick. Hey, Reg, like, <laughs> come over here." And then this guy, this guy, like, comes like bopping around this yeah. corner with like literal at the time like Bart Simpson hair. It was like straight up dreads oh, that oh went like God. directly nice. high, uh, but they were only like three inches long, and it looked just like Bart. Um, and this dude comes like. And literally does like a ninja roll on the floor <laughs> and then like pops up bouncing and was like, yo, and like hits a stance. And I was like, what, is, what <laughs> the hell is happening? That's amazing. And, um, and he was just like, yo, this dude's a Kanye fan. And he was like, oh, word, like there aren't many of us anymore. <laughs> and we started talking about Kanye and we became best friends that day, the three of us. But it was cool. There was like this one day, like at work, we would, we would split like, uh, Little Caesars hot and ready's like for lunch. <laughs> yeah. And there was one day that we were having this total like Chris Klein to me is like such a Captain America kind of guy. Mm-hmm. Like Chris Evans, is that his name? Yeah, like yeah, that's yeah. who I like. That's like if there's a movie about Chris Klein for some reason, he's playing him. Probably even like it starts as like the scrawny Captain America, you right. know, that like turns like buff like yeah. immediately. Um <clears throat> Sorry, Chris. I love you, but well, uh, he, he is he is the, this kind of person where you wouldn't at first like like assume anything, and then yes, like and then you realize he's like the, the best, biggest mover and shaker yes. of anything. Yeah, like, he's the guy. He knows like what is a good move. Yes, like just right off the bat. Yes, you know. So there was one day though that we were just like 
in the break room at this place. We would probably just finish like playing some like basketball in this hoop right outside and we were eating pizza. And um, I think it was Reggie was just like, yo, this job sucks. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, man. <laughs> and I think it, I'm pretty sure it was Reggie. It was just like, dude, we moved here to like do this other thing and we're spending all of our time at this warehouse, which is like fun. Like we're, we're, was Reggie making music at that point? He too? was making music. He was doing, uh, it was still like R. Lamar, or no, it was Reggie Williams Music. Oh, right? wow. Right. Which is a funny name because it's, it reminds me always of like Bob Vance Refrigeration. Yeah. <laughs> like it tells you in the title what you do. Right. <clears throat> but he, it was like, he was like still switching to like R. Lamar. So it was interesting. It was an interesting time for all of us. And I was like starting this Fangs thing, but like not publicly. Uh, at the time, I, was, I didn't even have the name Fangs yet. I was still like figuring it out, just trying to write some songs. And uh, we sort of decided in this moment that uh, we had this total like Avengers moment, I guess, <laughs> over this pizza, which I guess would make it more like uh, Ninja Turtles Ninja Turtle, moment, yeah. moment. But they, we were talking and, and we just kind of decided in that moment to like be full on cheerleaders for each other. Like mm-hmm. no matter what, like, let's just really champion each other and go for it. And like, we'll still work here while we need to, but let's get out of here as fast as possible. And when one of us graduates, let's all like, like Reggie always made the joke of like, first one out the hood. Like if you're the first one out the hood, we're all going with you right. kind of thing. <laughs> well, I, remember, I, I think it was either you or Chris called it like the struggle crew. Yeah, yeah, totally. Chris called it that, yeah. yeah. And, uh, but we we just decided in that moment, like, let's just, let's like fucking do this, man. Like, let's, let's get out of here and let's like really chase what we want to chase and not have a side thing. Let's make like our main thing, our main thing, Mm -hmm. because our side thing was our main thing, really. Right. Like we were working at this place in order to do this other stuff. And, um, but it was shortly after that, I wrote this song on like a really, on like the crappy white, like, uh, like the unibody, uh, MacBook, like the oh, curvy yeah. one. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> I had that for a long time. I like yeah, that I mean, one. Same. It was a dinosaur. So I had yeah. that for a long time. I didn't have like, I think I borrowed an interface from somebody, like a hmm. little USB interface. And um, I had this SM7 microphone that was sent to me as like a loner and they never asked for it back and I've had it this entire time. <laughs> That's great. Uh, oh, but they're not listening. They're like, no, oh, there's, there's oh, I think I think that guy died, which is oh, like RIP, but like I think that's why I still have it. Um, <laughs> it's like an inheritance. Yeah. yeah. It's dark. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's tough. But um <laughs> thank but you I just wherever, had, wherever Yeah. I didn't are, yeah. I didn't have like speakers either, like monitors. I just had skull candy earbuds. Nice. And so like it was like the full like struggle, and I I made this song on um, like just on like GarageBand. Like I didn't have Logic or Pro Tools or anything either. I was like full on like the thriftiest. And I told Chris and Reggie at work, I was like, Yo, I think I think I like wrote a song that's like finally cool. <laughs> like I, I've been working on a few, but this one I think is the one. Uh, but I didn't want to show them because I knew I didn't want to show them there because I knew that they would like listen on an iPhone speaker or something right. while they're doing other things and just be like, yeah, it's cool, man. And like yeah. hand it back and that's it. And so that night um, we went to this other spot that had like speakers and I showed it to them and they were like, yo, this song's like kind of tight. Like, this is cool. <laughs> and there was nothing on the bridge. The bridge was empty still. And I remember Reggie being like, so what are you going to do on the bridge? And I was like, I don't know, man. And he was like, do you want to co-write something? And I was like, 
no. Uh, <laughs> I was like, you should just write something. And he's like, are you for real? And at the time, like, our Lamar was like just being announced, like this new thing. Mm. He hadn't like played a show or anything yet still. And, Had any songs uh, come out at that point? I don't. I don't know. I can't remember. Like frustrated, I think had like maybe just come out and nothing was happening yeah. yet. Gotcha. Yeah. You know, like it was just there, <clears throat> and um, and yeah, he we recorded a vocal like there in that spot, and that song became always been you, which later became like kind of hilariously to me, it was named the best pop song in Nashville that huh. year, and which is only funny to me because like. One, I got invited to the like ceremony thing for it, like this big party in Nashville. It's like this <laughs> super gaudy thing. And I'm there in like ripped jeans and a denim jacket. <laughs> and I was only there though because I didn't know why I was there. Like I just got an email and I was and, with like, come, like, I was show. with Hope. I think we were maybe engaged at this time or just dating. And um I just got this thing that was like, hey, you plus one are invited to this thing, free alcohol and free food. And we were like, yo, let's <laughs> okay. go. So we like went to this thing, got hammered, and I left, and I never knew anything. And then the next morning, I woke up to so many texts, because that was the announcement of it. And then it was in like this Nashville magazine the next day. <laughs> and then I got so many texts that were like, yo, congratulations, congratulations, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> and uh, that song got named the best pop song in Nashville. And Reggie was named the best pop artist in Nashville. Wow. And we were like on the same page of this magazine together. <laughs> and uh, it was super cool. But that was like... That I was imagine like, Chris Kryan just like opening up and just like yeah. a single tear down his <laughs> yeah. face. Like. Well, so we all like left that place at the same time. <laughs> and everything just popped off. Like a couple months later, Reggie's freaking playing Kimmel. Right. right. And like right. Klein's now in LA. And like, it's just been like, I mean, sorry, in New York. And um, I don't know, it's just so cool. Like to this day, we we talk every day. Uh, we were freaking out about the, uh, Tom and I went to that spot around the corner right here, the um, button mash. A button oh, mash. Yeah, yeah like bar, it's like a barcade. Yeah. yeah. And I was like sending Reggie, who's like the most like gamer dork that I know. <laughs> I'm like sending him like, yo, they have like... They have Double Dragon Two, <laughs> and he was like, "Yo, I miss the beat 'em up games." They have then, Dragon Quest too. They have like the one. Yeah, they like have the, Dragon Quest. Yeah. I was freaking out because they had Michael Jackson's Moonwalker. And but what's funny is I had told Tom when we walked in, I was like, "Man, if they have Michael Jackson's Moonwalker, I'm gonna." And then it was there. Like I didn't finish my converse, my sentence yet, and I like ran away from Tom. Uh, I don't want to like, flex. I don't want to flex, but I'm grossly good at Tapper. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm a pretty. I'm Let's a pretty go. Solid. Yeah, that's a good one. Ta- that's you know, awesome. The, the Budweiser game. Where totally. Like, yeah. Um, but I mean, if, if, if Reggie's listening, I challenge, this is the formal challenge to Mortal Kombat 2. I will wreck anybody in that I game. I feel like, I can't remember, but I feel like Reggie's a Mortal Kombat 3 guy. Interesting. He's, his main thing is Tekken. Oh, uh, yeah. I can see that. But yeah. uh, he'll, he'll kill you with Tekken, with using King. Oh, yeah. The, like, yeah. half I uh, the cheetah, like, half... Yeah. 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 I, I worked at a camp. I taught music at a, at a camp, uh, and sometimes, like, when the kids wouldn't want to do that, but they would still, I'd be the one who had to, like, look yeah. after them. Uh, I would take them to the arcade. Yeah, man. So I like, and, and also it was like it would be for soda money, and yeah. soda money was like contraband at the camp. So it's like, yeah. you know, I got good at the game because it's just like, all right, this is gonna cost me seventy five cents if I lose. Yeah, that's um, awesome. Now you you mentioned Hope. How did, when did you meet Hope, and how how did you meet Hope? So Hope, um, I met her through. So when Cardboard Kids was a thing, our management was uh, this 
man and woman, uh, and they're awesome, Mike and Sharon, and they were managing Ben Folds. Oh, wow. And that was their only artist that they were managing at the time, and then they picked up Cardboard Kids. They heard us because Ben Folds' mixing guy mixed our record, that first record. That's awesome. And so uh, total like Nashville situation. Yeah. They literally <laughs> they literally walked by the control room and heard it on the speakers while the guy was peeing in the other room, and they just stayed in the control room and waited for him to come back and asked him, like, who is this? We want to <laughs> talk to them. That's great. That's So, so cool. like that happened, but... Uh, this woman, though, Sharon, my wife was like a teen pop star. Um, <laughs> and her first manager was this lady, Sharon. Just happened to be like the weirdest coincidence. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, we just kind of like got put together through that. and To work together? No, just to just meet. Just to meet. Like, we, I think everyone just kind of knew that we would get along at least. Huh. And uh, Well, that's awesome. And now we're married and <laughs> we just had a baby. And yeah. It's super cool. Well, it's it's interesting. Like, jumping around a bit, but when we uh, we played we played the high hat with you like maybe two months ago, oh, yeah, yeah. and uh, well, when we met, like the and, and we'll we'll get there, but like you know, you just got engaged. Oh yeah, and we see you again, married, kid on the way. Yeah, man. And uh, and and kid in the corner. Like it's, yeah. it's it's so awesome. I think how music and life kind of cascades the way that it does. Totally. But, um, yeah, you're you're a dad now. Actually, because you can't, people can't see. You are wearing a dad hat that says yeah, that "dad." Literally says "dad." Which is yeah. awesome. Yeah. Um, what's his name? What's uh, Sunny? That's awesome. Sunny right? Ford Germany. Wow, that's great. Yeah, that kid's gonna rule the world with a name <laughs> like that. Like, I'm pretty I'm pretty hyped about it. He's he's really awesome. Are you gonna play soccer with him? Oh yeah, oh, yeah. for sure. He'll, I'll uh, do whatever he wants to do always. <laughs> yeah. Well, and and so so the the project launches and uh did, did you start touring like uh, so shortly after that uh not really honestly i i played i i kind of did the same thing i wanted to wait a little bit and like figure it all out figure it out um i was playing in reliant k too mm-hmm. and so like my first show was actually with um it was i think like reggie's first like headlining nashville show oh wow in nashville like him like proper headline show um where was that at the high watt in nashville cool and he he reached out to me i was on tour and he was like yo man i'm finally gonna do this like headlining show Hmm. you you gotta play it with me like i want you to be the direct support and i was like cool when and i was i remember i was in dc uh on this tour and i was like on this rooftop thing (laughs) and he was like could you make it happen like during this date? And I was like, hold on, let me look at the like tour itinerary. And I was like, uh, I have three days off total. One of them is a travel day. So I have two days in Nashville and then the tour starts back again with Reliant K. And, uh, I was like, yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. (laughs) And it was like on one of those two days. And so I called the two other guys at the time that were playing with me and we had never played a show. We had never practiced. And I just called them. I was like, yo, we're playing this show. I need you to be like 150% prepared because I'm not going to be prepared. Like <laughs> we, it stressed me out because I told you like I'm so intentional with everything. Mm-hmm. I wanted to have every, I wanted to start on a level. I didn't want to start on the level of like the reserves like I talked about right. or something. I wanted to start as like this new act that is on the next level. Yeah. Getting rid of like the asterisk. Like, yeah. Good show asterisk for the first one. Yeah, like, yeah. Get rid of that. Just, yeah, I wanted it to just be like, let's, let's fucking go like from the start. So I 
we had like lights and stuff, like oh. all programmed through Ableton and everything. Like everything was like crisp and clean. And we did one rehearsal and played the show and it was amazing. And then I, the next show was actually South by Southwest. Oh, wow. Oh, nice. And the internet had just kind of like, only one song was out, Cul-de-Sac. And right. like, or maybe one other one. I think it was just Cul-de-Sac though. And was the second one, One and Lonely? Yeah. Okay. That one may have been out. But I didn't know what to expect because it was only my second show and it wasn't even in like what was my hometown, you know. It was in Austin, Texas at a festival where you could literally go into any door and watch music. Right. Yeah. So I just, I assumed nobody would be there. And we set our stuff up on stage and I turned around and uh, was told that the room was at capacity. Damn. And was like, wait, what? And this kid like came up to me they were fixing something on the stage real quick. And I was just standing on the side of the stage. And this kid came up to me and was like, hey, I drove like six hours to be here to see oh you. Oh, my God. And I was like, why? And he <laughs> was just like, "Like, I think your music's really important. I got the Teeth logo tattooed on me. Oh, my. Wow. And wow. then he was like, and can you sign my South by Southwest badge? Which like a badge to go to South by is like so expensive to come and see like this dude play his second show ever. It like kind of bummed me out for him that he spent that much. <laughs> but I like signed that and then had to go on stage with this like weird like, wait, do people care about this? Like kind of emotion. <laughs> yeah. And it was like the most incredible thing. And as soon as I got off stage, I walked down the street, down Sixth Street, and got the teeth tattooed on me because I just felt like if he's gonna do I it, I felt like should. it wasn't fair. Yeah, <laughs> like that that he would be that invested and I didn't. So do you do you have any idea like how it proliferated the way that it did? Uh, on it, I like mean, on the first I just songs? I tried to just like put myself in the right spot and hope that it went, and I just. It worked. I don't know. I I couldn't redo it. <laughs> I don't know. That that first show in Nashville was uh, that the first time you played Always Been You live. And did, did yeah. Reggie sing with you live? Uh, yeah, he came out, and then I came back on stage with him. And uh, this rapper, this dude Cam, he's awesome. Mm. He opened the show. Cool. So he played first. I played second. Reggie played third. And we did. Um, bringing this way full circle to like our friendship. We uh, we did a full cover with all three of us and like Reggie's band. I played bass, Cam rapped, and Reggie played guitar and sang, and like drummer was there, of uh, All Falls Down by Kanye West. Wow, and it that's was, like, awesome. So cool. <laughs> um, so you uh, you told me your favorite lyric uh, like of all your songs uh, is from Always Been You. Yeah. Um, can you share what lyric that is and, and why that resonates so much with you? It's the line, uh, I'm all right, no, I'm not, well, I'm gonna be. I'm all right, no, I'm not, well, I'm gonna be. I kind of wrote that in passing in a moment of, like, uh, my ex and I just, like, split up. Or, like, we were kind of on the verge of it, actually. We hadn't split up yet. And I was just, like, really trying to figure out. My life was definitely taking, it was, like, the fork. Right. Mm. Like, the biggest fork in my entire life. And I was, like, trying to figure it out, what was happening, like, Cardboard Kids had just not been a thing anymore. I was playing with my favorite childhood band, Reliant K. I just, I didn't know. Like, it was just the most uncertain I've ever been like in my life. There was, like, good and bad, like, on the opposite yeah. sides of the... Like, it was the most, like, comic book moment of, like, <laughs> just chaos and Raining good. every everywhere. Yeah, yeah. and so, like, uh, it was just an honest thing that I wrote. Because, honestly, like, I've never written in that rhythm again mm -hmm. for, like, a... 
for a song that's like definitely like kind of a four on the floor thing to do a melody that's like, uh, I don't know who I am, where I want to go, who want to be, don't know what you're going to see, and I'm all right. Like, it just is kind of this weird, like, uh, Janet yeah, it's also like, like a, almost wiggle. like a Britney. Yeah, yeah, or like totally. TLC. Yeah. Kind of. yeah, very yeah. TLC. Yeah, and so, um, very much TLC. Kind of like the like unpretty song, like mm-hmm. you can cut your hair if you want, girl, like that kind of vibe. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know. So I just this song just kind of came out of me, and I wrote the song in maybe thirty minutes. All of always wow. been you, and uh, I just kind of like puked it up and was like. That's interesting. Like, I don't know where this. Like, I. It was the only time in my life that I wrote something down. And was just like, I don't know what this means yet. Mm. Of like, because the next verse after that it says, "I'm all right. No, I'm not. Well, I'm gonna be. Well, I hope. I don't know. There's no guarantee." And it's just like this very honest moment in my life where I was just like, "I am all right. Wait, no, I'm not. This sucks. Well, I'm gonna be okay. Well, I hope." <laughs> I I don't know. Like, I don't know. Like, that's just a full, like, thing. And it's funny because, like, that's the line that, like, kids keep getting tattooed on them. And, like, uh, you know, it's their Twitter bio or something. Mm -hmm. Things like that. Like, I think it's my favorite line because I didn't think about it. Well, it's just an outpouring of honesty. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like, you know, the amount of times, even in just this podcast that I've said, like, everything is intentional. That wasn't. Mm -hmm. And that's the song that, got named best song in Nashville. And like, that's like my one, that's like my biggest song on all streaming services. Mm. And I just didn't think about it. It just came out of me. Well, and I, I'll never be able to like rebottle that, you know? Yeah, I love this sure. sort of tentative nature of it too. It, it, it reminds me of what we were talking about the other day about good now, where mm-hmm. it was like, it's not, things are good now, it's maybe. Yeah. You know, it's like anything that is good or bad, like it's never an absolute thing. It's yeah. like you're figuring it out totally. as you go. But I think um, one of the things that, and, and, and leading, like we met you, it's funny because we met you because of, of Chris. Yep. Um, we were we were driving through uh, Nashville on the way to moving to Los Angeles. Like we had all of our, like literally everything we owned in the van that was yeah. parked at, at Kate and Katie's house. And, um, and Chris was like, oh, so while you're here, you want to do a writing session? We're like, I think I know what that is. Yeah. Uh, he was like, do you want to do a write? And I'm like, like a, like a ritual? Like a, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. it's, in Nashville, they're called rites. Yeah, you know? yeah. it's like, a, it's a, so really sure. You know, I know I've been doing production for other people. I'd never done a songwriting session ever. Whoa. And next thing, you know, and I, I told you, like, I was nervous as hell. We were in Warner. Yeah. Like in one and of the- And I just love that I was not aware of any of this <laughs> ahead of time. I was like, when I was driving there, I'm, I'm like, Noah, you've done this before. I'm just going to like learn as we go, like everything like that, you know? But it was it was interesting because when, when we all met, like we met in a right. Like yeah. we, well, we had seen you play live the night before. Yeah, but it was with, like handshakes. Yeah, yeah, you know, and you were Vespertine, so there was all that. I think we met Hope that night too. Yeah, we she did. was there. Um, and uh, yeah, I just remember like really like digging your vibe, and, and you were like oh, excited to write with you, and I was like, I'm excited to write with you, and then we're like, okay, we, but what does that mean still? Like, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. yeah. Um, so and th- yeah, definitely, definitely. But you were, I mean, you were so chill. You came in, played some, you know, uh, Janet Jackson and and everything, but. Um, I want to I want to hear the good now story from from your po- point of view, and I'm gonna throw in like my like like little, of what happened. Of what happened because like <laughs> okay. there there because there are little things that happen like under like in my brain that never happen in real. Yeah, you know, <laughs> like that, that stayed in my head until I told you about it later. You know, yeah. Like so, some of this I don't even know if I've told you before. <laughs> so like, uh, the session was just going very poorly at first. First time, and, you and know, it was just because like. 
I didn't know that it was y'all's first time. <laughs> and I had been in this room before we were at Warner Brothers, mm-hmm. like at the label's office, like writing in a writing room. And I'd been there several times before. And um, I had just put out this other album and I was just very happy. Like my life, I had like met Hope. Everything was good. And um, you guys had a, a whole folder of tracks, which I was so excited about. I was like, <laughs> yeah, let's jump into this. Like most people don't, they're not like this prepared. Usually it just kind of starts from scratch. And you guys like had a bunch of instrumental tracks, just like little loops. Yeah. We started listening to them and they were all like kind of darker. Yeah. Yeah. And a I remember, little slow. Uh, yeah. They were like mid tempo. Like Chris dark came songs. in and was like, yeah, we should. Well, yeah, so yeah. when Chris came in, yeah. it's because I texted him. Oh. And was like, yo, man, can you come in here and just see if like any of these even strike you? Because I don't know that they're striking me. Okay. But I don't know if I'm just missing it because I was on a different wave, right. like coming into the room. Huh. And so him being like A&R guy, like <laughs> the guy who knows everything about everything in the whole world, he comes in and he was even just like, yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like maybe like a different direction. Yeah. Well, and, he said there's too much mid-tempo pop in Nashville right now. I, we need bangers. Right yeah. Banger. Yeah. And we're like. Oh, okay. I was just yeah. like, okay. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, let's just write a let's hit. Write a for hit. Sure. Let's write a yeah. hit, yeah. <clears throat> so um, it's funny because that's also the the day that Chris said, I asked him, I was like, as a, as a fan, friend, and like A&R person, like as like the trinity of that, what do you think is next for Fangs? Like what would you like to see in all three aspects? And he was like, man, I don't really know about like the other two, but like as your friend – I was with you in your previous relationship and I'm with you in your current one and you're a different person and you're happy and things are awesome. And so to me, it's like album number two is like Fang's happy season. (laughs) And I wrote that down on my phone and was like, I'm calling the next album happy season. Which, which is really funny. I I, I think I, uh, because I remember that conversation that was happening in the room. I think I was like, in the corner writing on the chalkboard when yeah, you guys yeah, had the yeah. conversation. Like, I, I remember it, but like, I don't th- again, You're I don't probably think of like eight other things. I was thinking too. of like seven, I, my brain was on fire that yeah. whole day. I was like, I'm blowing this, I'm blowing this. Like, I, like, I want to be a songwriter, I think. I don't know. Because yeah. the other thing too was that, um, like I only knew sort of songwriting from like some of the stuff that Noah was doing at Berkeley and from mm-hmm. this, this girl that had broken up with me was a songwriter. Yeah. Um, and, and so like leaving Boston, what I felt like I was leaving behind was like all of that, like heartache. Yeah. And also just like songwriting was so colored by like what she had told me about songwriting. Mm-hmm. So just all that was like coming together. And, and I'm in this session, like getting down on myself because we're at Warner, down on myself because like Chris Klein like stuck his neck out for us and I was blowing it. <laughs> uh, you know, you're a super nice guy and I could tell that you weren't like feeling anything I was putting out. And then like, the other thought, which is like, oh yeah, my ex could have done this way better. Oh, no, it's just like there was all these things, That's and tough. so, so I, I, I felt myself getting tired, and I'm like, I'm a New Yorker, I should just get coffee. Jake, do you want to get coffee with me? And so you and I go to uh, to the cafe, and I was like, I gotta come up with a banging baseline. That was so, that yeah. was my one goal when you guys were out getting food. So I mean, I just went like six hours in the day or something crazy. Like, yeah, we had, we had been there all day. We had two days with you and like I was like, oh shoot, like I think we're we're you know, it was starting to get dark. Like will will there be a second day? Yeah. 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 And so so we like I, I was half expecting, you know, like in my head I'm like, oh yeah, he's gonna call sick tomorrow. Like he's gonna be sick, yeah, you yeah, know. Yeah. Um but uh you know, we sit in the cafe and, and like finally like I'm I'm like I think you're you're on your phone or something, I'm drinking my coffee, I'm looking, I'm like I don't know this person. 
I'm just supposed to write a song that he likes for him to sing in his voice. Yeah. I don't know this person. So I just was like, how are you? Yeah. Which, any songwriters listening out there, do that first. Yeah, man. Always. Like, that, <laughs> like, I, we'll set you, you set you apart in anything. It's just being there with somebody else. And you're like, oh, I just got engaged. Things are pretty solid. Yeah. Like, we come back to the mic and it's like, maybe things are good now. But we were talking about the other day, too. There was a tentativeness to it, for me, at least. Yeah. Well, it was interesting because you're the one who said... The, the like hook maybe things are good now but you were talking about it not as like just getting engaged or kind of coming up out of this shitty situation you originally I believe maybe things are good now you were painting this picture of like a, a hospital waiting room mm. of like kind of pacing around and hoping for good news and being like, yes, maybe things are good now, finally. Right. Like, we can get out of this. But it was, like, still the struggle. Right. Which of, is like, like, willing it. Like, willing <laughs> that you're good now. Good yeah. thing. Well, and that, that was nice because, like, as we were writing the verses, like, in a lot of ways, I feel like we got to know Hope. Yeah. Like, yeah. I think that, like, what, you know, we knew that you were getting engaged, but I think, like, what she meant to you and what this totally. thing meant, I mean... The level of just the, the level of happiness that this uh, th- this engagement was yeah. bringing to you really like came out. I do remember though that like when the uh, session like the end of the second day we were almost done. We realized in in the last fifteen minutes that we had in the in the studio mm-hmm. that we needed that B section. Oh yeah, the waking up in the morning. Yeah. Okay. So um, and I remember just there was everything that happened like all at once because Reggie and Spaz. So Spaz <coughs> Cardigan was the next yeah. person to use this. So we met Spaz. There, Reggie came when we were our and Lamar Reggie, fans. Yeah, I was gonna say yeah. I don't know if we've even said that that's like our Lamar, but I just call him Reggie. But yeah, yeah. Which we knew. I mean, we we knew, and but we didn't realize he was coming by. We didn't know that like <laughs> he was bringing me a smoothie. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. He knew that I was in the studio, and I think he was just like swinging. Do we have like waffles that morning too? I think so. There's yeah, just yeah. artisan waffles. Artisan waffles. I still waffles. think about those waffles. Yeah. Those yeah. like hash brown bacon, egg and cheese yeah, waffles. Yeah, dude, that was really good. But <laughs> I remember, I remember like he he walked in and like you know. We're, we're normal with him now, but at the time, like it was, you know, our Lamar's in the room, and uh, and I remember Noah and I gave each other a look, like we're doing, gonna do our job, we're gonna write the song, we're gonna think about everything. We're gonna and it's so t- funny because I just him and Chris were the best men at my wedding, right? And so like to me, they're just like I know them for the dorkiness of right. them. Like I know that. Chris Klein is like the biggest Frank Ocean like historian <laughs> that exists, and I know that Reggie is like the dude who is nationally ranked as a Yu-Gi-Oh player. Like that's who I know these two people as. And so whenever I'm with other people, and other people like when they react differently to like Reggie walking in the room, I'm like, oh yeah, like you're incredible. Not just for playing Yu-Gi-Oh. I forget. Well, like, it's like we we and we're like more used to it now because yeah, we yeah. have friends. Like we're all coming up. We have friends yeah. who get stopped and recognized and whatnot. Totally. And that's now, like, we see the other side of it. And it's like, but at the time, we were in Boston and that wasn't, that like, we didn't have yeah. that experience well, at all. When you were, like, in this moment, we're, like, already stressed out and we were getting pressed for time. Right, yeah. so, so it was like, using our, no and I give each other a look, we're like, we're just going to uh, do our we're job. We're going to do our job, like, you know, like, don't don't be. I weird. love how many like, looks were apparently like given between the two of you that I just didn't know well, existed. But also you and you and Chris, like there, there was so much <laughs> yeah, so sure, subtextually yeah. happening yeah. at the session. But like, um, but yeah, what's funny is like we, we were. Did you say so? Reggie Reggie like wrote one of the lines. Like he was yeah. So we were about. we had uh, waking, waking up in the morning with, with you. you. Close my eyes and you're by my side. Every day, yeah, you, you got, got me, me thinking, thinking maybe, maybe things are good now. now. And then it was... It's something I can get used to. And then we had blah, 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 blah. blah, blah, blah. blah. 
Now I'm thinking every time that I'm with you. So we're that, stuck on that one line. We're yeah. stuck on the one line. And Reggie so nicely just sat in the room quietly and didn't want to like say anything. He's not sweating. Because it wasn't, like well, and it like yeah. wasn't his session. And like that's just how it is in Nashville kind of mm-hmm. thing. And he just kind of like, he had just swung by the room because he knew that I was there. And he was going to a meeting across the street, which is where his management was over on Music Row mm-hmm. in Nashville. And he had a management meeting. And he just like kind of got up and was like, hey, guys, I got to go. Um, you should say made a space for you in my mind. <laughs> and then just like got up and then turned and looked at me and was like, I don't need credit. And just left. <laughs> and I, But I kind of was just like, damn it. Like, yeah, that's good. Like, we've been sitting here sweating this. Also, why didn't you just say this like 15 minutes ago? It's too but, humble. Oh man, but yeah, no, that was it was cool. And then, well, then we all got tacos like after, and, and oh, yeah. that's that was Reggie came learned, back. Like, yeah, yeah. Was, I think his meeting ended up getting canceled or something. Well, so that, he was that's just where we learned us. that he was a nerd. Like we, yeah. I think yeah. we Noah and him talked about hip hop uh, history for like yeah. literally an hour, and I think we talked about like Kingdom Hearts or something. Which yeah. like I'll talk about Kingdom Hearts. Yeah. Uh, it was just, it was just really funny though, because again, it's like I feel like now we've we've gotten used to just oh we'll be somewhere, and then like an artist that we listen to a ton that we respect yeah. comes in, but that was. The first time. There were so many firsts. But that's such a cool, like, to me, I feel the same way about touring because my first tour was Warp Tour. Right. Yeah. Like, before, like, really doing, like, the crusty tours that I ended up doing with Cardboard Kids, like, where you're just in a van and, like, right. screen printing in the back, I went on Warp Tour. And I got to see all of my favorite bands play every single day on a tour that I got to be like a part of. I well, wasn't there as a fan. It's cool that you were a fan of uh, Reliant K. Yeah, like, they were on the tour. Yeah. So I, I literally every day I would the the lineup is different every day in each city. So I would look and see when we played, and then I would immediately look to see where Reliant K played to see if I needed to sprint like <laughs> afterwards to go get to their set. And so it made my self awareness. A different thing moving forward right and i feel like that's a cool thing for you guys that like you started your first co-write at warner yeah <laughs> and like and like not that i really brought anything to it besides like a learning experience or something but like reggie being there and like all of these constraints and things like i feel like now you guys have a different self-awareness Moving to LA which is a very competitive city yeah to to now understand like how to do it you know well i I think in a lot of ways like you helped us like skip a lot of that's what i'm saying yeah yeah totally like Like, you got to skip a lot of things that like to where whenever it is shitty you know that there's a better thing right yeah well and and you know even so much as like asking how you are or just starting something from scratch or being comfortable when somebody else is in the room who you know or respect like just all those things happening all at once and and even like being in a studio where you're like okay i know that like i have a limited amount of time here just being comfortable and all that stuff yeah and, that's all stuff we take for granted now but like, yeah you but i mean to, you, you like you and you were a friend and all of it yeah. So, yeah you know it's like we were really getting to know each other but if it if we hadn't written good now like i you know we would have all still been friends. And yeah. That was really, um, I think the And the what's fun, cool too, yeah. just like a s- small side note, is that's the other tattoo yeah. that mm-hmm. all the kids get. It's yeah. just maybe things are good now. Like that has become such like an 
anthem. That's the song to me, besides Always Been You, that like goes off live. Like that's like the the celebration. Like no matter what everyone's going through in their life in this moment in this venue, <laughs> that's celebrated. Well, and, and every the, time the full circle of it, um, and it's and it's interesting because that first session, first cut, like first song yeah. that uh, came out for somebody else, um, first uh, tattoo of someone that I've written, like you, when you showed me at the hi hat, oh yeah, yeah, on the tattoo, I like. Like teared up. I yeah. actually sent it to me. I sent it to my mom. My dad. Yeah, that's <laughs> awesome. Um, but also, it was the first time I heard somebody play play it live. And oh, yeah. again, full circle. It was at South by, and I was standing next to Reggie, and yep. Reggie and I were rocking out to it. Yeah. Like that was that's awesome. That was the first time I heard Good Now was just like chilling with Reggie at South by. That's so um, cool. So yeah. it's an interesting. Way full how, circle. Yeah. yeah, very <clears throat> absolutely full circle. Um, and I love the song. You know, I think yeah. it's just like v- very grateful that it exists because. It's like getting out of my head, getting yeah. out of like, you can be happy through somebody else. You could be happy, like through understanding, you know, and well, being and there th- for your friends. I think that even though you were wanting to write like more of a wallowing song, maybe <laughs> for the situation that you were in, yeah. I feel like it was just as therapeutic, if not more for yeah. you and what you were dealing with leaving y'all's and, and home hope, and, and everything that was yeah. there yeah. and heading to Los Angeles literally with this anthem of like maybe things are good now maybe all that shit is in the past Yeah, and I don't know I think that that's like pretty heavy and super important and why like the song is what it is I'm gonna yeah. say say you know things are good now no maybe like things yeah. have been good yeah. now yeah. so it's like it's 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 been pretty uh pretty solid Re- really grateful for that um you ready for some lightning MySpace questions. <laughs> yeah, I live yeah. for that. Yeah. Um, again, like I don't know what we're gonna what we're gonna get. I don't know uh, what uh, what these are, but we're just gonna. We're gonna learn something. We're gonna learn something. That's for sure. We're gonna learn oh, a man. thing. Um, okay. Do you like blue cheese? No. <laughs> uh, have you ever smoked a cigarette? Yes. Do you like hot dogs? Yeah, love them. Uh, what do you prefer to drink in the morning? Water. What's your favorite meal? Chicken. As as it is right in front of us. Um, favorite hobby yeah. other, other than music? Uh, soccer. Uh, what's your middle or, name? What is it? Middle name? Yeah. Lane. Lane. L A N E. Jake Lane, Germany. Jacob. Jacob. Jacob Lane, Jacob. Germany. Yeah. That's, that's a good name. What's your current worry right now? My current worry? I don't. I don't know. I, I, I try not to worry. That's like my. That's like my. My thing. That's like my main. I like that. I you used. I used to twice, worry right? a lot. You worry suffers twice. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Favorite place to be? In the moment. Hey. Hey. Uh, how did you bring in the New Year's? How did I bring it? I I genuinely don't remember. <laughs> That's probably a good thing. Oh no! Honestly, I just my wife was pregnant, and we just went to my sister's house, and we watched like the ball drop on TV, and then we drove back to our house. <laughs> nice. That sounds nice. What, uh, what is your most reoccurring dream? Do you have one? Yeah, I fly all the time in my dreams. Literally, awesome. almost every night. It huh. starts as like a run, and then like a Whoa. big jump, and then another big jump, and then I fly. That's cool. Um. Let's see. Well, what color shirt are you wearing? Pink. Pink. Yeah. Um, can you whistle? Yes. Uh, can you do a, a good now? Uh, yeah. Which or, oh, do do the the line from Always Been You. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> um, would you be a pirate? No way. <laughs> It's so funny. Uh, the the first one we did with with Zealand, she was also like, "I wouldn't be a pattern." I'm yeah, like, I just I would love to be a pattern. All of that stuff, no. Like Hope always asked me about zombies and stuff. <laughs> if a zombie apocalypse happens, like 
just have your way with it's me. The thing, like, I don't want to run around. I think I want to like, be a part try. of your theory, but I don't want to deal with scurvy. Yeah, like, that's, that's it. Just, that's, just, just eat a lot of oranges. Just, just don't want to deal with scurvy. If I was a pirate, the first thing we'd do is find a place that had oranges, and I would invent refrigeration. Like, I'm not for an eye patch. I don't want a pegged leg. <laughs> like, I'm just, it's not for me. Um, who's your loudest friend? Tom, my, <laughs> my drummer. Shout out to Tom on the couch. Yeah. Tom doesn't, there's not a quiet moment. He whistles or hums something always. Um, what were your bed sheets as a child? This is an interesting question. Um, I had Ninja Turtle ones for a long time. Nice. And then like when I got to like kind of pick them out afterwards, uh, everything was like sports themed. My entire <laughs> bedroom was sports themed. Worst injury you've ever had? Uh, I like crushed my ankle on, in a jet ski accident. Jeez. Yeah. My foot got stuck in the like foot area and i fell off the side and then my dad fell onto it oh yeah it sucked i like felt that um me too what's your worst habit i grind my teeth me too uh do you have a mouth guard for it (laughs) no i should i i got one i made my worst habit is not wearing it yeah Yeah. yeah. (laughs) um what's your favorite book i'm a harry potter fan in general but and of those i would say four Hmm. you have the uh the death of the do yeah yeah um, mine favorite movie is the third one. Yeah, yeah, because the t- time travel is cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, what's your favorite candy? Right now, I really like the um, the like fruit chew versions of the Tootsie Rolls. Oh yeah, big fan of yeah. those. Yeah. Uh, what song do you want played at your funeral? Uh, <laughs> uh, Mbop. Yes. Mm-bop. Yeah. <laughs> Just like they're holding your. Well, because an Mbop is supposed to be a. a a measure of time. Really? That's what the song is about. Yeah. An umbop. In an umbop, you're gone. That's the hook. Whoa. <laughs> heavy. Hanson just got heavy on you. Yeah. yeah, really heavy on me. I just also don't know how like I feel about the the lighthearted like. Yeah. Um, what were you doing at midnight last night? Sleeping. <laughs> I fell asleep early last night. And what was the first thing you thought of this morning? I the first thing I thought of this morning, Hope called me because we're on a huge time difference, and my little sister is uh, they're having a bridal shower for her. She's huh. getting married soon, and so she was headed to that, and she called me and uh, told me how excited she was because <laughs> she got to like get all dressed up and have fun, and she had someone watching the baby, so <laughs> nice. she was excited. Uh, so that's the, that's that's the lightning round. Uh, you passed uh, <laughs> flying colors. Um, yeah, more or less. Just uh, it seems like a lot of new things are happening. Yeah, tour. Uh, kid, you just announced Kid in the Corner yesterday. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. What What are you most excited about in this coming year? Um, just new music, really. Just like building a new platform. Like I've, everything that I've done, specifically as Fangs, I like view it in platforms, mm-hmm. and I like try to build a big enough platform to build another one on it, and make that big enough to build another one on top of it. And I feel like I'm I'm building like a pretty cool one right now, yeah. and like these new songs, and just it's kind of like a new door that got opened with with new opportunities that I didn't have before. That's awesome. So I feel like I was at a point where like Fangs hit the ceiling of what I could do by myself. Well, and it was, it was cool like writing with you in the studio again. Yeah. Uh, with these like two or a year and a half like yeah. of growth from all of us like yeah. coming together. I'm excited for that 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 song. It's, and and I'm excited for Sunny. I just like yeah. I don't know. I'll uh it will be the the LA uncles and Yeah, totally. <laughs> he has so many uncles. Everyone is like uncle something. It's awesome. That. And so at some point I need to just like have a tour that is like 
a family reunion tour mm. with, with a PH, PH family. Family. Uh, like a family reunion tour where it's literally just like I'm trying to take, like I don't even have to play music. Just like drive across the country <laughs> and like introduce Sonny finally to all of these humans <laughs> that like will absolutely be in his life. The entire show is just the Lion King yeah. intro and you bring him out. And yeah, yeah. And then that's the, the rest of the show. Yeah. Whoever else is playing goes on, yeah. you know. You'd be the family, like the PH. Totally. R, yeah, know, that's bring, awesome. Bring a, and everything. That's no, that's awesome. Is there anything you want to shout out to anybody before before you uh, call it? Um, shout out Young Thomas. Young Thomas on the couch. My drummer, he's on the couch. Uh, <laughs> it's just me and him on tour. Uh, I mean, anything else? I mean, Chris and Reg have already talked about. I think that like there are so many cool people that are like popping up right now. I think James Droll is mm. incredible. I think that like I just heard. Lil Aaron's new album and I think that he is like I think he's literally he's he's like pioneering what is the future of like rap rock yeah Yeah. he I've known that dude he speaking of MySpace he used to design my MySpace layouts for me he was like a fan that's wild and I've known him for like a decade and he is like really really doing it now yeah so yeah well shout out to everybody thank you Jake for coming on the show definitely Um, for being our second guest ever. Yeah. So for first songwriting session, second podcast. We'll we'll have to do a third something yeah. down the road. Just keep the yeah, keep the good thing. But thank you, Jay. Awesome. Yeah, man. Thank you. Maybe things are good now. We would like to thank Jägermeister, Outlaw Energy, and Isotope for their early support of Talking Lion.